Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jadikin. So, how do we want to start the show? Um, do you want to start by thanking our patrons? Yeah, let's thank our patrons first. We thank- got this. Yeah, we got this. <laughs> so this week we had Faith, Ashley, Riley, Hannah, Brian, Alexandra, Britta, who left us a really nice message, by the way. Thank Aww, you so thanks, much. Britta. Colleen, Nathaniel, Christina, and that's it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. So we also wanted to give a special shout-out to Holly. She is one of our longtime listeners and one of our, like, earliest supporters. Yeah. Like, she told so many people about the show. Recently, she started her own business called Alex and Ilex, um, and they make the most amazing – she makes the most amazing homemade soaps creams, candles, and of course, if you've seen uh, my infamous fried chicken post on the Hollywood Crime Scene Instagram account, this ghost pepper infused honey that when she sent it to me, I was like, I have to immediately make fried chicken and pour this all over it. And it was fucking delicious. And I've tried it and it's so good. It's so good. And I have some other people who bought the honey because of my fried chicken post and they made fried chicken and posted it on. Like they're they they're like I made the fried chicken with the honey. <laughs> well, so I, the thing I like about that honey is it's actually spicy. It's spicy, but it's not overwhelming. Like yeah. it's the perfect amount of spiciness. Right. Because with ghost pepper, it can be tricky, but right. it is fucking good. It's like a perfect combination. So we wanted to give a shout out to her website, which right. is alexandilex.com, and Ilex is just I L E X. So. Um, it's so cool. It's I like, love it. I everything mean, has a story. Like yeah. she made all these amazing stories. The packaging is beautiful. It's very witchy. There, there's lots of like, you know what I mean? Like it's well, just so I cool. Like, I've been using the beauty products that she sent us this past week and I love them because like I have really sensitive skin. So I, I like, I'm always stoked if I can get some kind of product that has as few ingredients in it as possible. Right. And these like are, there's like no fillers. It's just like you know, shea butter and coconut oil and like really good essential oils and stuff Yeah, and other like good things for your skin. And I love it. This is not an ad by the way. I genuinely love these products. (laughs) And everything's just really beautiful. So you should check it out if you're into that kind of stuff because we are, and uh, we love Holly. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just get right to part two of Bobby Brown because we have a lot to. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com cover. Oh, and good. I'm excited. We're recording extra late tonight, so just buckle up, Desi, all right? <laughs> Where we left off last week was the birth of Bobby Christina Brown, Whitney and Bobby's daughter, which took place in 1993. And now we're going to fast forward a couple years later to April of 1995, when Bobby was arrested at the Mannequins Nightclub at Disney World. Oh. Have you heard of the Mannequins Nightclub? Is it still around? Look, I've never partied at Disney World. <laughs> I know that I have a reputation as a partier. <laughs> Can you imagine going to a nightclub at Disney World? Like, well, I assume Dis- I mean Disney World's like way different than Disneyland. I've been to Disney World because I grew up in Florida, so that was we my know, Desi. Disney. <laughs> Dude, 
okay, Miss Marin. Uh, I've never gone to the nightclub. I don't know the nightclub, but it is massive. So, and I yeah. haven't been there in many years. So I'm right. sure, I, I don't know. I think like if you live in Orlando, you just like hang out at theme parks. Cause that's <laughs> almost all there is. It's like theme parks and like chain restaurants that have a theme, like, like the rainforest cafe. That's like the only time I've ever been to the rainforest cafe was in Orlando. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's like, I think that's all, all you do. Right, there. Nickelodeon studios. Everyone works at one of those theme parks. So you get in for free. So I'm sure, I mean, not that Bobby Brown needs much, you know, to get in for free, but he probably did too. Oh, I'm sure. So, yeah. But what an arrest. So he got arrested at this nightclub following an altercation with a 37-year-old tourist from Chicago named Neil Kelly. Bobby and the two other people he was with that night, which was his publicist and his bodyguard, were also charged with aggravated battery and disorderly conduct after they beat up Neil Kelly. Now, apparently Neil was bothering some girl that was talking to Bobby and his crew, Uh and they were like, hey, she doesn't want to talk to you. Get the fuck out of here. So and maybe it was heroic. It, well, yeah, it was like, I guess it's, I mean, from the way he described in his book, it was kind of like chivalrous or like, yeah. hey, this girl doesn't want to talk to you. And Neil just kept coming around and they're like, get out of here, Chicago. Did he say, after you guys stop laughing, <laughs> I just want to say it was chivalrous <laughs> before you start thinking things. <laughs> well, uh, so they beat this guy up. The cops arrest him. And this is a quote from Bobby's book. And he does definitely break the fourth wall in this story. Good. Okay. When the Orlando police carted me away in a squad car, I already had to go to the bathroom. (laughs) I told them repeatedly from the back of the squad car that I had to go pretty bad, but they ignored me. So what did I do? I took my hands, which were in handcuffs, and managed to slip them underneath my legs. I was a lot skinnier and more limber then, so that I could reach my zipper. I unzipped my fly and proceeded to piss in the back of the police car, unbeknownst wow. to the cops. <laughs> I mean, to me, that's the heroic move. Very heroic. Like, if you piss in a cop car, you should get an award for yeah, that. Yeah, you should be let go. Right. <laughs> you you, you just, got us. Right. If you're able to own the police that hard. Yeah, they have to give it up. Totally. Unbeknownst to the cops. They pulled me out of the car and carted me off to a cell, only discovering later that I had pissed in the car. Yeah, in retrospect, it sounds quite crude and immature. I was 26 at the time, and I'm sure I wouldn't do something like that now. But hey, I told them I had to go. I like that he's like, I was only 26. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so he's a grown-ass man. But I still consider it, of all the things Bobby Brown's done, you know what, fine. I like that he didn't pee in his pants. I do too. It, It could have been on the seat, much worse than on the floor. The charges ended up being dropped, and they settled out of court with this Neil Kelly guy, and Bobby ended up paying him $30,000. Wow. Now, in August of 1995, Bobby was arrested for kicking a security guard at a hotel in West Hollywood for responding to a noise complaint. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, but, like, just the fact that it said kicking, he kicked him. Like, I just imagine the security guard's like, um, sir, can you keep it down? And he's like, no, and just kicks him. Yeah, I mean, to kick someone, where does that even come from? Right. (laughs) your first instinct. It's not like a dog. (laughs) (laughs) That same year, New Edition asked Bobby to do a reunion tour and album with them. And Bobby was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. That tour ended up being one insane, crazy party, just Mm. ongoing. I mean, those boys and Bobby were partying fucking hard on this tour. And I can imagine. It's like they're having this 
big reunion tour with yeah. each other. They haven't seen each other, really hung out together, all of them, in, like, years. Now, Bobby was doing a lot of coke at this time, and he had also just gotten into freebasing. Wow. So he had become increasingly paranoid and erratic following, you know, these benders he would go on. Now, Whitney came along with him on the tour, and they traveled together on their own bus with a caravan of tour buses with the other members of New Edition traveling alongside them. One day, while in a state of cocaine psychosis, Bobby became convinced that Whitney was trying to kill him. Now, I've had cocaine psychosis before, so this story that I'm about to tell makes fucking perfect sense to me. Okay. So he's in the middle of cocaine psychosis. He thinks that Whitney's trying to kill him. He's like, goes to the bus driver. He's like, you need to pull the fuck over right now. So Bobby hopped out of the bus with an ounce of coke in his pocket and a handgun in the other. And he hopped a fence on the side of the road and just started running through a field. And they're, like, in the middle of nowhere. They're on tour. They're going to wherever their next destination is. Bobby started running towards this lone house in the middle of this field. And then he gets close enough to the house and sees an old man appear. And Bobby goes up to the man and says, Sir, I need you to get me some help. And just then, the old guy cocked a shotgun and was like, I need you to get the fuck off my property, right? or I'm going to blow your head off. So Bobby starts running in the other direction, <laughs> but not towards the tour buses. So and meanwhile, he has the whole... Everyone in the caravan is pulled over. Uh-huh. They're all running after him. And I imagine, like, Yakety Sax is yeah. playing at this point. <laughs> They're all running in different directions. Right. <laughs> They're trying to fu- get Bobby. Yeah. Just, and then you, like, if it was the movie, we'd see the little lines, like, right. curly queuing around. <laughs> like, that's like, or, like, in the family circus. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And, like, this was probably so scary for everybody involved that this was happening. Like, they showed this whole sequence in the BET okay. two-parter. Oh, good. And the way they play it in the movie is obviously not hilarious. Yes. So, at this point... Bobby finds another house, and he knocked on the door with his gun drawn because he's like, well, I don't want the guy to threaten me. Good call. You know? (laughs) Really good decision-making. So the guy opens the door and is surprisingly calm. Like, this guy who opens the door is able to remain calm, even though Bobby Brown is in his face pointing a gun. And Bobby Brown is pointing this gun at this guy, and he says, excuse me, sir, I don't mean any harm, but there's someone down the street that's trying to kill me. Oh. Well, Whitney and the boys end up arriving before shit got crazy, and they were fortunately able to defuse the situation. I mean, it could have ended so ugly. Can you imagine Whitney Houston showing up at your house? Dude, (laughs) trying to get her husband away from you. I mean, what a story you have. Oh, my God. I would like to talk to this guy. Yeah, I like to think that it was all scary and whatever, but then, like, the guy took photos with all the stars, and they were all, like, smiling. Right. <laughs> like, you know, those pictures. Totally. Like, hey. And it was all just one big misunderstanding. Yeah. And Whitney decided she was going to end up riding in Ricky Bell's tour bus until they got to the next oh. stop. Well, no, just because she was like, <laughs> I don't need to be around my husband yeah. right now. He's He thinks I'm trying to kill him, yeah. which I'm not. So in August of 1996... Bobby crashed his Porsche in Hollywood, Florida. Now, this is according to the South Florida Sun Sentinel uh, from that, from when the incident happened. It said, 
Brown injured his leg and neck when he lost control of the black Porsche Carrera, which was leased to his wife in the 3300 block of North Ocean Drive in Hollywood. Police said Brown was northbound at 7.30 a.m. and driving faster than the 35-mile-per-hour speed limit when the car spun out of control, jumped the curb on the south side of the street, and struck the hedges and an illuminated address sign. So... Bobby gets in this accident. Fortunately, he's not hurt, but it is pretty, he's shooken up by it, and he's taken to the hospital. Just a month later, Bobby was having drinks with his longtime friend, Stephen Seeley, back in his hometown of Boston, when Stephen was gunned down outside the bar in a drive-by shooting. Oof. So this is the second time in his life that Bobby watches his childhood friend right. murdered in front of him, basically. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to go too much into that story because there is, like, a lot to cover, but I did want to sort of put that in there because this is, you know... Just another thing. This is just, like, through. a string of, like, right. awful, awful things that, that start to happen or that continue to happen. Well, a few months after his crash in Florida, Bobby was arrested for a DUI four months later after the medical records were released, showing that he had a blood alcohol level of 0.2, which is more than twice the legal limit. There were also traces of cocaine and weed in his system. And in 1998, Bobby was convicted and spent five days in jail. He was then put on probation. Now, Bobby Brown's drug addiction continued to progress. Around this time, he was using crack and heroin. One day, after a three-day bender, he was snorting heroin and cooking crack in his kitchen when he collapsed. And Whitney was high, too. Oof. So when she found Bobby, she thought that he was just messing around. I mean, okay. she was high out of her mind yeah. also. She sees Bobby on the floor, not moving, and she's like, Bobby, get the fuck up. Right. Bobby, get up. So she's like, fine. You don't want to get up? Fine. She just leaves him there for a while. He's there for, like, a pretty long time when she finally realized, I should probably call the ambulance. Right. When he gets to, gets to the hospital, they realize that he's had a stroke. Shit. Yeah. And it was a miracle that he didn't die. I wow. mean, you're supposed to like, that's like one of my greatest fears of like, is like having a stroke or someone I'm with having a stroke and you right. don't respond quickly yeah, enough. Yeah, because you don't know. He goes to the hospital. He's pretty scared after this instance. You know, this is like a stroke that's caused by his drug use, right. like his yeah. He's deteriorating pretty yeah. pretty rapidly. But, you know, like any good drug addict, as soon as he got out of the hospital, he picked up again. Right. Which is a very common thing. Now, Bobby and Whitney tried to keep their drug use hidden from their daughter, Bobby Christina. They would hold themselves up in this one room they had in their house, and they would lock the door and sort of just, you know, be like, oh, we're keeping it away from our kids. But Bobby, you know, like Bobby... right. You think when you're a drug addict and you're addicted to drugs, like you think you're doing things that are hiding it, but you're really not as slick as you think you Absolutely. are. Absolutely. I think in general, parents trying to hide things from kids never works. Drug it, drugs and other right. things. Yeah. Like kids are always a little more savvy right. than parents. And they're not calling the parents out on it. They're usually keeping it. Of course. Yeah. They're probably scared. And so, but of course they couldn't hide everything from Bobby Christina and Bobby would Bobby Christina would often see her parents yelling at each other, often screaming about divorce or various other things that right. they were fighting about. This is a quote from Bobby's book. When I think about it now, I just feel enormous pain. We failed her. Bobby would go to rehab and dry out for a bit, but he would always pick up again. During Bobby's first trip to rehab, he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. 
Because of Bobby and Whitney's enormous wealth, they had access to as many drugs as they wanted. They didn't even have to leave their house to get them. Like, they had a guy who would literally come to their house, drop off the stuff in their mailbox, and there'd be cash waiting there for him. Yeah. Like... They had drug delivery before it was, like, a thing. Right. Before people were, like, Uber eating their pot or whatever. So... Then it's the year 2000, and Bobby violates his probation, which obviously he's been probably violating it by doing all the crack and stuff. Uh, This is a quote from Bobby's book about the violation of the probation. In the summer of 2000, I found myself being carted away to a Florida prison. My crime? A judge decided I had violated the conditions of my probation stemming from a DUI in 1996 in Hollywood, Florida. I believe our, nar- our nation's probation system is a scam, giving the authorities complete discretion in deciding if and when you have violated your terms. A Florida judge decided that I hadn't completed the 100 hours of community service that were a condition of my parole, and that I had violated my probation by attending the Grammy Awards in California and traveling to the Bahamas. Mind you, these trips were years after the actual DUI. So one minute, I'm enjoying a fabulous Bahamas vacation with my family. The next, I'm being thrown in a jail cell in Broward County, Florida. So technically, it wasn't like a, oh, we caught you doing drugs probation. It was like this community service thing. So Bobby was like, you know, fuck you guys. Like, I mean, he's not wrong. Probation is a scam. Oh, and I totally agree with him on that. So Bobby was remanded without bail and spent over a month in jail awaiting his hearing. He ended up being sentenced to 75 days, so we had to continue to serve out the rest of his term while he was there. So in total, he was in jail this time for over two months. Wow. And he had to kick dope in there, which is like having to kick heroin already sucks ass. But having to do it in jail is like 10,000 times worse. It's the worst. In jail, Bobby became close with his cellmate who was fighting a murder charge. And he attempted to do Bible study, but the guy leading the group was irritating, so he quit. Then Bobby formed his own group for young people fighting drug charges. So Bobby was like trying to like sort of make the most. Like after he kicked the drugs, like he'd successfully kicked the drugs while he was there. So he's like, I'm going to make the most of... My time here. I'm going to get involved with the young guys fighting drug charges, help them with their legal stuff. Yeah, Yeah, I thought that was cool. Now, during this time, Chris Rock had a bit on his show, The Chris Rock Show, called Free Bobby Brown, where he compared Bobby's incarceration to that of Nelson Mandela. I mean, (laughs) obviously, like, joking about it. Bobby thought this was fucking hilarious. So I watched this sketch. It's on YouTube. It is pretty fucking funny. Like... Chris Rock is like, we're going to get Bobby Brown out of jail. Like, this is a <laughs> great injustice. He goes around, like, interviewing people. Like, do you think it's right that Bobby Brown's in jail? And, like, 75% of the people are like, yeah, he probably deserves to be in jail. <laughs> like, they're, like, fans of his, but they're like, yeah, I mean. He's he, fucking up a lot. Yeah, I mean. they're like, I mean, they're like, like so he, it's, it's a really funny sketch. He even flew a free Bobby Brown banner over the jail. Oh, my God. And then he would set up these, like, pickets. With, like, people playing the acoustic guitar, singing Don't Be Cruel and holding picket signs. <laughs> <laughs> like, free Bobby Brown. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, like, did this whole thing. Um, and the sketch actually ends with a freshly released Bobby Brown 
and Chris Rock greeting him and they hug. Aww. Yeah. So I guess it like they filmed it over some time right, or like right. they filled it like right before. Or maybe they added that bit like when he got like they filmed everything and then added that bit. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what yeah, they did, yeah. like probably. So I just thought it was hilarious that I'm glad it was on YouTube because it was pretty fucking funny. Uh reporters oh oh yeah, there was another thing that I forgot to say, Chris Rock asked some of the people that he was, like, interviewing around town. He said, do you think Johnny Gill might be involved in this? Oh, my God. <laughs> do you think it's a conspiracy? <laughs> Johnny, Gil. Johnny Gill, for those of you who don't know, he joined New Edition He was, after, like, the replacement. Yeah, like, after He's Bobby He's the left. Sammy Hagar of New Edition. <laughs> <laughs> this is a quote from the book. Reporters asked Rock why he had decided to stage the protest. He said... People ask me to get involved in causes all the time. I just felt I needed a cause I could believe in. Yeah. So I sat down and really thought about it. And I said to myself, self, what can I believe in? Who never let you down? And then I came up with one person, Bobby Brown. Never let me down. (laughs) (laughs) A few years later, Bobby did something that he says will haunt him for the rest of his days. It was December 2003, and Bobby and Whitney were both wasted. Bobby was on his way out of the house to leave for the airport with his brother, but Whitney had just let a strange man into the house, her drug dealer. Now, this enraged Bobby because they had both been fighting about her recently getting clean. Like, he was out of prison. He had been, like... So he's clean still. He's not, like, sober. He's wasted, and... But he's, like wrestling with himself he's trying to get himself off the drugs but he's still getting drunk yeah so they were fighting a lot about this because she's still heavily doing drugs right so when he sees this drug dealer in his house he's fucking pissed and he loses it so bobby exploded and he started beating up the drug dealer now in the midst of this violent altercation whitney interfered trying to break them up and bobby drew his hand back and smacked whitney across the face This is a quote from Bobby. The moment it happened, I was stunned and full of regret. I knew I had stepped across some line, a step I would never be able to undo. The circumstances of the blow, how much she might have done to incite me, wouldn't matter. From that moment on, I would forever be a wife beater. At that moment, all I wanted to do was get out of the house. I went out and got into the car with Tommy and we drove off. After I left, someone in the house called 911 and reported a domestic disturbance at our home in Alpharetta. Now, this was the only time that Bobby would hit Whitney. Mm -hmm. And she refused to press charges, citing that, you know, this was just a one-off violent altercation that they had had. So she didn't press charges, but Bobby still ended up having to go to court. And the charge was reduced to a misdemeanor. But in 2004, Bobby was sent to jail again for violating his probation. Here's Bobby. Uh, oh, okay. Well, this I I put I decided I put this in because I feel like this is uh, this is food related, so it's very on brand. <laughs> now, tell me if you think this sounds delicious, because I definitely don't. Because I had plenty of money in my commissary, I was able to gather the ingredients to make a special jail soup that I learned to love. You needed Slim Jims, cheese sticks, cup of soup, Doritos, and some hot water. You would bite the Slim Jims and the cheese sticks into little pieces and then put them inside the cup of soup. Then you'd crush up the Doritos and put them in the cup, along with some hot water. You put a book on top of the cup and let it sit for 10 to 15 minutes. Once it was done, it was this delicious mix of cheesy, crunchy pepperoni soup. 
Oof. <laughs> no. Look, I'm sure in jail it was delicious. Right. I do relate to um, biting when you don't have a knife. <laughs> <laughs> like, when he like, said that, I was like, I feel like I've done that where I bit things and, like... Right. For some reason, like, I don't remember what I did that for, but, yeah, that was, like, whoa. I mean, that is the most, like, desperate jail soup ever, which, like... I feel like I can see doing something with the cheese and pepperoni, but, like... The cup of soup isn't. Aren't those usually Asian-y flavored? I guess some Not of them the are chicken just chicken one. one. Uh, yeah, I don't like that combination. Like I don't. I even can get. I could almost let the Dorito crunch pass. Right. But I don't want the cheese and pepperoni melted in my cup of noodles. Well, I don't get it. Look, according to Bobby, it was delicious, <laughs> and he even continued to make this pepperoni cheese soup a few weeks after he got out of jail. And I'd try it. Until he looked at him, until he looked up from his soup one day while he's like in his big mansion and he's like, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm not in jail Wait, anymore. Wait, I'm drinking Pruno too? <laughs> <laughs> so before Bobby Brown got out of prison that time in 2004, a few members of his family suggested that he hop on the now booming reality TV train for a chance to set the record straight and show the real Bobby Brown. Oof. And in the summer of 2005, Bravo debuted Being Bobby Brown. Desi is was a huge fan of this show. Yes. But I mean, it, I don't even think I saw it all. I feel like I started watching it, and then it was, like, over. Because it was, like, It was what? only 11 episodes. Yeah, it was only 11 episodes. And then it became scarce. Like, you couldn't watch it. Well, you can watch all of it on YouTube. Right. So I have only seen a few episodes I just thought the show, like, along the lines of the Anna Nicole Smith show, right. it's one of those things you watch, but then looking back, you're like, ooh, that was, like, too real <laughs> or something. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Right. I don't remember the later episodes of it. I don't know if it got, like, a little darker, but I, like, because I had, like, seen cl- snippets of it when it was on the air, right. you know? Like, right. I'd, like, catch some of it sometimes, but I was never into the show, Um. But I will say, like, the, for me, the major takeaway of that show was I didn't realize, like, Whitney, to see Whitney Houston that way was the big reveal. Like, it's right. being Bobby Brown, but it was like, you had never seen Whitney Houston this way before, well, I think. I think reading more about Whitney Houston in Bobby's book, I wasn't as shocked watching her this time around because right. I... It wasn't even just that, oh, she was a druggie and da-da-da-da-da. It was more that she was way more of a sort of silly girl than the media portrayed her. Yeah. And she... Her image is just so different than who she was. Right. I mean, that's what it was more... It's not that that who she is is bad or good. It was just sort of so different. Right. Bobby Brown was like, okay, that's Bobby Brown. There was no shocking reveal with him, really. Right. It was more their relationship was fascinating, uh, and then she was just so different. And they are horny for each other on that show. Exactly. Like, seeing Whitney Houston horny and, like, <laughs> kind of out of it and silly, like, it was good in a way. But looking back, knowing what happened, right. I think that's where it's sort of like, oh, she was maybe... We don't know what yeah. was going on there. Yeah. So, I did watch the first five episodes. Okay. So, like, pretty much half the show or half the whole series. I do think I probably saw the later episodes. Look... Episode three was fucking hilarious. It's hilarious. Because they go on a camping trip, 
And before the camping trip, this is initially just going to be a camping trip for Bobby and the boys. Like, Bobby, his dad, his brother Tommy, and the sons, and, like, Bobby's cousin. So before the camping trip, they all go to, like, REI or some outdoor store. And Bobby's, like... He wants to buy everything in the store, even yeah. though they're going camping in like somewhere in like, I don't know, upstate New York or something yeah. or like somewhere in Jersey. Like they're not going to like the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. They're going to like a campsite, but he's like, well, we might need that. We might need that. We right. need the 10 person tent. We need that. He even buys a deep fryer. He's like, we're going to need the deep fryer. I mean, he Look, isn't wrong. <laughs> I was like, I've only been camping a few times, and I cooked, like, five-course meals. Because I was like, well, what am I going to do all day? I'll just literally cook all day on a gas stove. Like, I kind of love ca- uh, cooking while camping. I did like it. I enjoyed it. It's kind of like you have to get creative. Yeah, you get creative and figuring it out and, like, right. mixing the pots and pans and, like, whatever. Yeah, and, and like, then you're yeah. like, ooh, I can make this directly over yeah. the fire. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I can no. wrap this in foil. I liked it, too, because I'm not going to, like, hike. I'm going to just cook all day. (laughs) It's fun. So this episode, though, was so fucking funny. Like, they're so they're at the campsite, and there's this one scene where it's, like, the nighttime, and everyone's farting on this trip. For some reason, everyone is fucking farting. And the grandpa, or Bobby's dad, Herbert, he is yelling. He's like, everyone stop farting in here. Oh everyone, but he's farting too. Of course. And he's yelling at everyone else to stop farting. Um, I posted a screen cap of it. Oh, on I my- saw that. <laughs> I saw that. I didn't know what that was. I was, he was like, like, what the hell is he that? He was fucking furious, but the kids were like, grandpa, it's you. Yeah. And, classic. Uh, <laughs> classic dad. Right. <laughs> so... Whitney and the girls decide to surprise Bobby. And Bobby's like, this was a boy's trip. But Whitney rolls up to the campsite in her fucking Porsche, you know, looking fabulous. And she's like, hey, guys, we're going on a camp trip. And they get in this teeny tiny little raft, like this inflatable little raft. And they are rowing themselves out. But they're doing that thing where they're, like, rowing themselves in circles, kind of. Because they can't, like, coordinate how to row. And then Whitney starts, you know, Whitney's so horny on the show and Bobby's so horny on the show. And she's like, let's just fuck right here. I think that was the other shocking aspect of it. It wasn't so much seeing Whitney Houston, but the fact that a major A-list star is on a reality show right. was also sort of shocking. Right. Because like, they just don't, that's like a C-list thing. You right. know what I mean? Like, or D-list. Right. Uh, so he happens to be married to this huge star Who's on the show? Like, and she initially and being real, like they never, I right? Mean, yeah, it's and just it crazy. wasn't even just like, oh, she was mentioned or referenced or featured. No, it was she's like, like on the show. She's yeah. like co-starring on it with right. him. She's in every episode. I mean, it's brazen of her to ruin, uh, to like do something that could potentially ruin her career, right? Like right. showing this more real side, right? Yeah. And so, my favorite scene though in this episode was when. It's like everyone's packing up and trying to leave. Like they're literally packing up the big SUVs they came in. Whitney's sitting in the car. She's smoking it like in her Porsche. She's smoking a cigarette and reading a tabloid magazine, pointing all the celebrities she likes. She loves Beyonce. She <laughs> wants to go to Beyonce and Jay-Z's future wedding. She <laughs> loves J-Lo. Like she's just like talking to her friend, like, oh, I love J-Lo. Like she's reading this tabloid. Yeah. Every all the men are like packing up the vans. Meanwhile, Bobby is still cooking chicken at the barbecue. And they're like, Bobby, we're leaving. He's like, no, I got to make this chicken. I never got to make my chicken. Yeah. 
And they're like, Bobby, get the fuck in the car. We got to go. I mean, I was just fucking dying. Hilarious. Because I was like, I get that. Like, he's going to make that chicken that he said he was going to make. What is he supposed to do? Not finish it? (laughs) (laughs) There's chicken dropping on the ground because he's like trying to hurry and get the chicken. Everyone was like, everyone was like, Bobby, it's on the ground. Let's go. So then while he's making this chicken, he starts rubbing his belly and he's like, I'm going to be sick. Like he has diarrhea, but he has to make this chicken. He is determined to eat it. it. Even though he's like, I'm going to be sick. He's rubbing his belly's all distended. And Whitney's like, you're disgusting. Get in the car. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to finish what he started. Love it. So, yeah, that's being Bobby Brown. It's all on YouTube if you want to yeah, watch, watch it. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. There are some funny moments. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings with big cash back at hundreds of stores. Don't miss headliners like Canon, Fenty Beauty, and Dyson. I can't wait to shop for all of my summer fashion and beauty needs, and we'll definitely be checking out Ulta and Adidas. Rakuten really is the best way to shop. You can really save by stacking cash back on top of other deals. And during Big Give Week, the cash back is bigger than ever. It's the time to shop for everything you need for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Membership is free, and it's all happening May 6th to May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost on top of Big Give Week cashback rates, go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while shopping. 
But by 2007, after their 14-year marriage, Bobby and Whitney divorced. The highs were high and the lows were low. Yeah. Uh, they notoriously were fighting a lot, especially towards the end of their relationship. And obviously, the drug use wasn't helping with any mm -hmm. of that. In the end, the couple's constant fighting did them in. Whitney got custody of Bobby Christina. Bobby says this. When our marriage reached the end of the line, there was a lot of conflict, a lot of arguing, a lot of sadness and unhappiness. One of us would decide to run away, but a week or two later, we'd be back in each other's arms until the next explosive conflict. So as it was ending, they were breaking up and getting back together. Yeah. Like they, they did not have like a clean break where it was no. like, this is over. Right. Even after the divorce, Whitney was hitting him up. Like, let's get back together. I mean, like, I would say like, this is like the great loves of each other's life. Right. And I think that's another common misperception that he was the one who was desperate to keep, you know what I mean? Like, right. the, but she was at, she was like, she like, like, like people just judge star relationships as like, well, clearly the one who is the lesser star is desperate to keep the star relation. Right. But she was actually, you know, equally. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think the other thing that's interesting about watching being brought Bobby Brown is that their personalities are very similar. Yeah. In reality. Yeah. Like they make each other laugh. They are very compatible right. together. Well, they're very, Volatile, Like, when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad. That's what I mean, I'm saying. Yeah. It's like when, I mean, the highs were high and the lows yeah. were low. But, like, when they're in their high moments together, no pun intended, but, like, when they're in a good time together, they're making each other laugh. Yeah. They can't keep their hands off each other. Like, I mean, and I feel like a lot of people have been in relationships like that where it's like you, you love each other so much, you can't live with each other, you can't live without mm -hmm. each other. So... Obviously, it was really hard for both of them to stay away from each other and to realize that this relationship, like, was not sustainable. Now, Bobby's finances were completely wrapped up with Whitney, so he left the marriage with nothing, basically. And all of his royalty money at that point, like, throughout their marriage, had been directed to Whitney's company, Nippy Inc., throughout the entire marriage. So it took a while for Bobby to regain control of like his assets and his, okay. his, his royalty money. He moved to LA with a thousand dollars essentially. Wow. Yeah. And he had just gone from living where money was no object yeah. with Whitney Houston. When Bobby was in LA, he ran into his old friend, Aletha Etheridge and she would become his new manager. And then they would eventually start a romantic relationship together. But Bobby would remain heartbroken and depressed for a while following the split from Whitney and also from their daughter, Bobby Christina, right. because he didn't have contact with her at this point. And Whitney's in New Jersey? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Bobby visited Whitney when she was in an L.A. rehab facility. She had also brought Bobby Christina to L.A. with her at that time. Bobby was worried about his daughter. She had, was, she had been drinking and smoking pot. And by now, things were heating up with Alicia. Soon, her and Bobby were an item. In 2009, they gave birth to their son, Cassius. In 2010, Bobby proposed to Alicia while on stage at Funk Fest, and they got married two years later in Hawaii. Bobby Christina was not at the wedding. Alicia and Bobby had two more kids together, a daughter named Bodie and a daughter named Hendrix. And in 2011, Bobby's mom, Carol, died suddenly of a heart attack. This is... This was right after his father, Herbert, had been diagnosed with lung cancer. Now, Whitney attended the funeral with Bobby Christina, 
And according to Bobby, Whitney was acting pretty strange at the funeral. Like, she got up to make a speech. Mm-hmm. And when she got up to make the speech, it was kind of weird. Like, her voice was really hoarse. Right. But then she launched into a song, and that sort of won everybody over because mm-hmm. it was Whitney singing. Yeah. And it was beautiful, and it was impassioned. And this was, like, you know, this was Whitney's mother-in-law, like, mm-hmm. for, for over a decade. Like, she had a relationship with Carol Brown. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, like, out of the ordinary that she would be at this funeral, especially right. since she was bringing Bobby Christina. But Bobby did was concerned about her behavior at the funeral. After the reception, Whitney changed into jeans and a T-shirt. She then entered the Boys and Girls Club, which is where the reception was held, with Bobby's sister, Tina, and they both started dancing like they were at a club at this funeral reception, mm. which Bobby was like, that's really alarming. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not at a club. We're at my mom's funeral reception. Right. He was like, oh, Whitney's high. Now, at this time, Bobby's drinking was spiraling out of control. Even though he had quit the drugs, he was like a lot of addicts, like most addicts, who will be like, oh, it's the drugs that are a problem. Right. But then just become a full-blown alcoholic. Right. You know, so this is putting a strain on his relationship with his new fiance, Alicia. So she moves out of the apartment that they were living in together. Wait, were they not married? No, they got married in 2012. We, I went back to 2011. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry. Yeah. So they moved out, or she moved out temporarily until he, like, got his shit together. In January 2012, Bobby's father, Herbert, died. So his dad died, like, within the same year that his right. mom died. But... Soon after, New Edition would embark on a tour to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Candy Girl, and Bobby and Alicia ended up getting back together, and everything really seemed to be looking up for Bobby mm-hmm. at this point. Like, okay, like, you know, this is good. I'm going to go on tour again with the boys, back together with my girl. We're going to get married, and you right. know, this year, it's all good. And then Bobby got a phone call from Ralph Tresvant. Whitney Houston was found dead in her hotel room in Beverly Hills. Now, I'm not going to talk too much about Whitney Houston's death here because we are going to do an entire episode or a two-part episode in the future on Whitney, so I'm not really going to get into the details of that because we are going to cover it, so, you yeah. know, that will happen. And what, what is this, February of 2014? No, this is 2012, February, oh, 2012. when she died. Wow, that's so long ago. I know. It, does, I couldn't it believe feels that. like just yeah. yesterday. Right. Wow. That was one of those celebrity deaths. Like, There's like been a few celebrity deaths, only a few that have made me cry, and that's one of them that made me cry. I don't think I cried, but I was very shocked, like yeah. stunned right. by that. Yeah. It was really tragic. So less than a week later... Bobby Brown broke down during a performance with New Edition, and this is what he said on stage. First of all, I want to tell you that I love you all. Second, I would like to say I love you, Whitney. The hardest thing for me to do is to come on this stage, and that's when Bobby broke down into tears and left the stage, Mm. and uh, he came back. Now, Alicia uh, was really supportive, obviously. Alicia sounds like a really nice woman, and she really carried Bobby through a lot of this stuff, especially with the stuff that we'll talk about later that, that, that came. Um, 
one thing I really like about the book is it's like, you know, 80% Bobby talking, but there are several chapters in the book that are the people, the most important people oh, cool. in his life that have written chapters like, well, this is my side of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, good. One of, something that made me laugh out loud was right after this long chapter about being Bobby Brown, where Bobby Brown was like, overall, I think it was a positive experience. It showed, you know, who me and Whitney really were. We're goofballs. We yeah. we wanted each other all the time. We were silly, da 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 And then immediately after, there's a chapter from La Princia, Bobby's daughter, right. and she's like, I hated that show. <laughs> <laughs> it was embarrassing as hell. Like, well, it's kind of similar to Anna Nicole and her son. Like, Right. Yeah, he hated it. Right. Yeah. And, like, I can imagine, oh, like, I mean, look, like, to be be fair like Brendan and I are watching it together and I was like we would be those parents like embarrassing Absolutely. our kids like that like singing right with not with like obviously like god forbid I ever you know go down that road again but like just the singing and the silliness and like right. the making up songs together and yeah. just like being embarrassing, like we would be those parents. Yeah, absolutely. So like of course the kids are they're all like in middle school and teenagers like they're oh probably god. mortified. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Shortly after her mother's death Bobby Christina was hospitalized following a nervous breakdown. Now, Bobby had been repeatedly trying to get into contact with her when Whitney died, right. but to no avail. Oh, really? Like, he could yeah. not, she, you know, there, there's, you know, Bobby talked a lot about the years that had gone on where he had no contact with Bobby Christina and that he was paranoid that Whitney was feeding him bad things about him, uh -huh. which I think is like, not uncommon with uh, like a, a divorced yeah, parents, absolutely. especially when it's like a volatile situation. Mm -hmm. So Christina didn't want to have contact with her dad. She was living with her mom. She had the relationship with her mom. And Bobby is just desperately trying to get in contact with mm -hmm. her, but he's like, has all these roadblocks put up. Right. Like it's not happening. And that's breaking his heart at the same time. So... Bobby and his children were invited to Whitney's funeral in Newark, but when they sat down, they were told by security that they had to move. Now, security said that Bobby was fine to sit where he was, but his adult children would have to sit all the way in the back. Oh. And Bobby was like, uh, we were invited. We were all invited here. Why do my, why did, why do Whitney's stepkids have to go sit and like, she, you know, yeah. was with them in their, their life. life. Like yeah. we were invited. Like, I mean, he was like, furious yeah. and like outraged that like he was being told this as right. soon as he arrived at the funeral but he didn't want to cause a scene so he walked up to the casket kissed it said his goodbyes to Whitney and left the church once he was outside of the church he was stopped again by security when he tried to approach Bobby Christina's limo to say Bobby Christina yeah. I need to talk to you and the tabloids had a field day yeah, I remember with this. this. And it was pretty cruel, the yeah. stuff they were saying about him, regardless of, like, what they thought was true that they were printing. I mean, mm -hmm. they were like, Bobby dissed at his own ex-wife's funeral. Right. Like, they made it this whole, like, funny, like, oh, the shade of it all. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was just like, no, this is a really tragic situation. Yeah. Like, his heart's hurting. He was there with his children who were grieving. Right. Like. It's actually really fucking sad. It's sad and it's pretty typical of family funerals can be like a lot of that stuff comes out oh, in those yeah. moments. But yeah, it's always kind of sad. Right. So he just felt like he was so overwhelmed with grief and just the fact that he was being felt like he his kids weren't welcome there. Right. He just was crushed and devastated. Yeah. So he said his goodbyes to Whitney and he left. He didn't yeah. stay for the show. Right. 
when Bobby Christina was a teenager, an older boy named Nick Gordon started staying with Whitney and Bobby Christina. He was 17 and she was 14. Bobby Christina referred to him as her brother. Now, when Bobby Brown finally got back into contact with his daughter after Whitney's death, she started referring to him as her boyfriend. And Bobby was like, what? Your brother? <laughs> I mean, wait, wait, can you just... Okay. So, a little bit more about how he just... A wayward teen that they let yes, live with him? they let this... But how? Was it a friend of Bobby Christina's? I guess. Uh-huh. Like, he... And Bobby Brown thought this was fucking weird from the start. Right. He was like, why is this nearly adult man living in this under the same roof as our 14 year old daughter yeah. who's this complete stranger and Whitney would be like he's good he's fine he helps me with like right. chores and stuff or whatever and he's nice to Bobby Christina it, he's a good guy he's fine mm-hmm. but Bobby Brown always had a weird fucking right thought the situation was weird it is weird it is weird um so but Whitney was like oh we informally adopted him okay. basically Then Bobby saw a picture from Bobby Christina's Instagram of her hand with Nick Gordon's hand, and there was a big fucking engagement ring on the hand, and the caption was, oh, my God, we got married. And by the way, the engagement ring that Bobby Christina was wearing in that photo was the one Bobby Brown proposed to Whitney with. Oh, my God. So he was like, "Uh, excuse me? Yeah. What the... My daughter just got married to this guy who she was calling her brother. Yeah. Like, last year... He was pretty concerned about all of this. <laughs> so she, he called Bobby Christina and was like, uh, what's going on? Did you marry this guy? And she said, oh, no, we didn't actually get married. But, like, okay. we're in love yeah. and we're together. He was relieved that they yeah. didn't actually get married. So Bobby spent Father's Day in 2014 with Bobby Christina. And from there, they managed to rebuild their relationship and... They were FaceTiming each other all the time. Uh-huh. They would check in regularly, text regularly. So Bo- Bobby Brown was just, like, really grateful that he was Looking having this. In her life again. Yes. Like, he was having this opportunity to have a relationship with his daughter, who was an adult now. Right. It's always when we do these celebrity stories where we say things like Instagram and FaceTiming. Right. <laughs> like, we rarely have a story that's so recent. Right. That we're springing up those kind of things. Totally. Yeah. Or, or a discovery was made yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And I went to her Instagram page, and it was there. Oh, wow. I saw it. And, yeah. like, if I was a, her dad, I would be like, excuse me? So... I'm really, I just wanted to see the engagement ring. Right. I wanted to be like, I because I read in the book it was like 22 carats or oh, something. Wow. Yeah, it was huge. So on January 31st, 2015, Bobby got a call that his daughter, Bobby Christina, was in a coma. She had been found unresponsive face down in a bathtub in her Roswell, Georgia home. When Bobby arrived at the hospital, he saw his daughter laying in her bed hooked up to tubes and machines. Bobby made it clear that he did not want Nick Gordon to come anywhere near Bobby Christina. But after Bobby left the hospital that day, Nick was let into the room anyway. Bobby would spend the next several months fighting with the Houstons over the care of his daughter. And I remember this in the tabloids. It was like every other week it was like detailing the feud, quote unquote, between the Houstons and Bobby Brown about how to care for Bobby Christina, the estate, like just mm-hmm. like all the details that were mm-hmm. surrounding it. It was messy. Well, and she had inherited Whitney's estate, right? She was the sole inheritor yeah. to Whitney's so estate. So it's like a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah. yeah. 
During this time, Tyler Perry helped Bobby and Alicia get an apartment in Atlanta so that they could be living near Bobby Christina while she was in the hospital. I didn't know that Bobby Brown and Tyler Perry were friends, but he did a a lot to help them. Oh, wow. Because he's based out of Atlanta. So Mm -hmm. he, like, was like, anything you guys need, food, whatever, like, I'll be there for you. So he really came through for them. Bobby had discovered that his daughter's aunt, Pat Houston, which was Whitney's Mm sister-in-law, had previously taken out a restraining order on Nick Gordon. Nick had been violent and threatening to her at a birthday party. He had also posted threatening messages to Pat online. Now, Bobby had always had a bad feeling about Nick, but when he found out this information, he was fucking furious that he was never informed. Like, oh, by the way, your daughter's boyfriend... I had to file a restraining order on him. Yeah. Like, he's not a good guy. He was like, why Why is this information just coming out now? Then it was also discovered while Bobby Christina was in the hospital that she had bruises all over her body and that she was missing some teeth. Wow. Bobby Brown's worst fears were confirmed that this was an abusive boyfriend. Once again, he's feeling completely powerless and, like, just hopeless over the situation. Like, and And, you know... Of course, he's blaming himself for everything, too, at the same time. In June, Bobby Christina was moved to a hospital in Chicago where she was treated by brain specialists, but doctors found it highly unlikely that Bobby Christina would ever recover. She was put into hospice care, and on July 26, 2015, Bobby Christina Brown died at the age of 22. She was buried next to Whitney in New Jersey. The autopsy report found alcohol and marijuana, as well as prescription sedatives in her system. The underlying cause of death was listed as immersion associated with drug intoxication. So the estate of Bobby Christina filed a wrongful death suit against Nick Gordon, alleging that he had injected her with a toxic mix of substances that led to her death, and that he had beat her the night before she was found unresponsive. In 2016, Nick Gordon was found legally responsible for the death of Bobby Christina. Now, they sued him for $50 million. Right. So I honestly, I don't know what what they did with that or what he did to pay restitution to that legally. Like, I don't know. I bet you it was more to stop him from suing the estate. To get oh, money. I right. bet you it was like a preemptive thing because they know he doesn't have the money. Right. But now he can't really sue them for some of Bobby Christina's estate. Right. I bet you that's it. In 2017, this guy, Nick Gordon, was arrested for domestic battery and false imprisonment against his girlfriend. girlfriend. So you should re- read the book if you want to know a lot of details about yeah. stuff like this. Like, I just didn't have time to go of over it. But, um, You know, this guy did have a history of being manipulative with her. So it was like, it does seem like this was a pattern of abuse. Yeah. It is, I mean, this is like, to me, like, I remember when Bobby Christina died. It was just like. That was shocking. It was the saddest thing in the world. Well, because it was like almost around the anniversary of her mom's death. Yeah, it was. Um, When we found out, it was a few weeks of the anniversary. And then I do remember. There was something where they were going to pull her life support or something where she would have almost died on the anniversary, but she kept living past. I can't remember what exactly happened because I remember there was this moment where, like, is she going to die on Whitney's, the anniversary right. of Whitney's death? Like, it seemed like something that was going to happen. Everything I can't was remember. Just, it was so grim. There was a lot of legal back and forth of pulling the plug, too, right? right? Like, I mm-hmm. mean, because I think the Houston side of the, the Houston side of the family, 
they were more eager to pull the plug. Yeah, but Bobby, Bobby didn't want to. He was... It took him a really long time, I think, to admit to himself that she wasn't coming back. She was brain dead. She was yeah. brain dead, like from the beginning. And, you know, they did do everything. And if you have they the could. money, you can let it go for a while. Right. But it's basically just keeping her alive. Right. Yeah. Like there was this part in the book that, like, honestly made me start crying where he was, he talked about being at her bedside and just saying to her, it's okay to let go, baby. You can let go. Aww, and that just, like, it's sad. Like it just broke it's my really fucking sad. heart reading it. So. It's really sad, and I'm not going to end on a sad note because Bobby, uh, from the looks of it, he is doing well today. Yeah. He is touring with the guys from New Edition currently. They have a spring tour coming up, cool. so maybe we should go see him. Yeah. <laughs> That's a concert I'll go out to. Me too. So, um, And another exciting development, Bobby Brown has his own line of sauces and seasonings. Oh. And I discovered that just last night, and then I went down this, like, YouTube rabbit hole of watching him on all these, like, like cooking for, like, you know, uh, cooking on, like, the chew. Like, he had, like, a segment uh, where he's like, I'm going to make my shrimp for you guys. And, oh. like, so he's, like, doing his cooking thing now. I want some of his sauces. I do, too. <laughs> so I'm going to order, like, the Bobby Brown starter pack. They okay. even have aprons that say, like, Bobby Dude, Brown food. we need to make some of the shrimp. I know. I'm hungry. The other thing that's great is there's even a fried chicken seasoning like, okay. bag mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like cocaine, not, <laughs> cocaine not included. Yeah. Also, I'm sure it's delicious. I mean, he was really adamant about making that chicken camping. Yeah. yeah. He, he must had be to, a good cook. It mu- he must I'm be sure. good if he's like, we're going to get it done. Aw. I love yeah. Bobby Brown. I do, too. I'm glad that this ep- these episodes made him look good. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, he fucked up and did some things, but ultimately I feel like, oh, he's fine. He's a good person. It I seems. think overall with most drug addicts, you don't have a lot of great stories <laughs> about yourself. Right. But I don't think Bobby Brown is a bad person. No. And he's touring. He's doing what he I loves. feel like these episodes cleared up some misconceptions. Yes. And I wanted to, that's uh-huh. what I wanted to do, especially of, as a like lifelong fan of his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Awesome. Thanks. Okay. Bye.